Hello, welcome to the Story Studio Podcast. I have to keep getting used to the fact that there will be, like that's the first thing you hear. Welcome to the Story Studio Podcast, that there's no intro anymore. Um, so yeah, I thought you might have something to say there, so now I'm kind of nope. out in the middle of nowhere, well, but that's wait, okay. What if, wait, wait, no, what if, what if, I don't know if you like this idea, but what if we have a new jingle like every time, but we just make it up on the spot? I don't like that idea even a little. I didn't think you would. It's the podcast. Yeah, something like that. It's a podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast. Um, Dave is not here today. Dave's not here, man. Um, he's. No, can we tell the story about how he like totally slipped out of today's episodes? Yeah, we should. Dave basically Beyonce'd us. So, <laughs> I mean, he awesome. didn't He didn't Beyonce Sean as much as he Beyonce'd me. So the verb Beyonce, in case you're not familiar with this, this term, which... I mean, Calvin is, but a lot of people, I guess, aren't. Is um, the we we, t- we called our invasion launch in like 2015 or whenever that was. We called that the Beyonce because we were like, boom, just like Beyonce. Here's an album that nobody knew was coming. Here's a bunch of books. And so, for me, for my experience today, we knew. Okay, so we're recording this on the 15th of February. The summit is in three days. And we have the stone, a final stone table meeting like starts tomorrow. And so we knew Dave was coming for the summit, but at least for me, I was a little confused as to whether he was coming for this. He said originally he was coming for the signature, but like the time, the timelines didn't line up right. Well, okay. He told us actually, I think a couple of days ago, I'll be driving in, I'll be there on Friday, but he just said it as kind of a, by the way, and He's been at, like Johnny tried to get it, like travel information out of him several times. <laughs> like, okay, dude, so when are you coming in? What's the plan? Right. It's a little like if um if Sean were to say we have our books releasing on the 14th. And I'm like, okay, it's the 15th. So clearly you mean next Thursday. Like that's the way it was in my head. Cause Dave's like, I'm driving in Friday, but something wasn't working for me. Cause I'm like, well, dude, you always take two days driving in each direction. We're always getting a lot of bitching and we haven't gotten much bitching or any bitching. So clearly he just well, right, misspoke. So this, yeah. This is day, this is day two of his travel. But well, do you think, I think it's day one. I don't think he stayed over. That's, that's, I think part of the Beyonce. I think he drove straight through. No, no, I, I, I don't think so. I think because he wasn't like I didn't get an update on word count this morning, which I would. If See, I thought he was trying to save the whole like you know the budget thing. Like he's got a stipend, and if he if he has two extra hotel rooms, you're sure? Um, I think it was probably worth the anxiety. Yeah. Well, I then do. what is wrong with this? Is why we have to cancel worst show ever because guys, if you've ever listened. Dave driving, it's Friday. If Dave left, if he sincerely left Thursday morning and I'm just now figuring it out, there's something wrong with the world. Like there should have been a lot of ranting. You should have stopped last night and complained about how to change rooms three times. So anyway, uh, so so Dave was like, you, boom, I'm not at the podcast. Actually didn't even say that. Sean had to ask him. Right, because, well, <laughs> what's funny is like seriously to Dave's credit, there's no like intentional obscuring of information. It's all there if you scroll. But he was so like ninja about his placement of the information and then not talking, not ranting. He did not wave the flag that he was in transit at all. Usually then, Dave's transit is very loud. You can't miss it. It's like a semi-passing. <laughs> right, especially as he gets to the borders of Louisiana. And we didn't have months and months of lead up about how nervous he is and a last minute plea to not come to the summit. No, he, 
really, really kept this under wraps. And then, you know, Cindy was like, so um, when is Dave coming in and how are you recording a podcast? And then I had to like put two and two together. I didn't have a good answer for her. And then I realized I should probably ask him about that. And then he was like, yeah, I'll be in there at six. A couple hours after you're done with the podcast. Very matter of fact. Like, even his answers weren't ranty. As a matter of fact, Sean had to provoke a, an angry Louisiana reference out of Dave because otherwise I think he would have just been like, yeah, I'm, I'm almost there. But Sean's like, well, we haven't heard ranting about Louisiana yet. And then Dave said something insulting. <sighs> so, all right. So today's episode is, I actually already forgot. Oh, that's right. So <laughs> we've mentioned a little off the cuff um, to you guys. I think, I think we've mentioned it just kind of here and there, and I don't remember how much detail we've given, but we've intentionally not given, um, much. We've intentionally not given the, the detail that we're going to give in this, in this, um, episode just because it's been very, um, uh, I don't know, kind of behind the closed doors and it, it, it still is, but we can talk about this. So we've gone out to Los Angeles three times now. And, um, the short version is that we're really making, some pretty serious steps into film and TV. Now, this is a situation where I don't want to have unrealistic expectations, but we did. We were talking to some people who can make things happen, um, a connected group. And, and they tried to slap my reali- realistic expectations onto the floor. Right. Cause, that? Yeah, because they said, where do you see? That's the story I was going to tell is they said, um, when do you see yourself in a year? And we were like, well, I'd love to have one property sold for TV or film and maybe some bites on others or it was something like that. And no, I said, I, I said, um, because you cornered me actually, right? Because right. it's the night before we had had this conversation where, where Johnny said, you know, what would you consider a failure? And what's interesting is no, that no, I said, what would you consider a success? Um, was it, who am I Dave? It? Well, well, yes, but, but it's because, you know, we've been more, this whole thing with film and television, we've very much been like, like Oh, it's part of the journey. And our bullshit meter has been on high. Like we've been like, we've gotten some really good leads and we're just like, yeah, I mean, if nothing comes, who cares? Right. But this was our third time and we were about to meet somebody that was 50% of the reason that we were flying in. Managers, managers, agent types, like, you know, people who would make connections. Yeah, right. People who could basically go with keys to our IP vault and start shopping things. And so um, you know, we were really looking forward to this. This was not the first time we met them. This was, a, you know, a follow-up meeting. And, you know, so instead of, for the first time, it wasn't like, okay, it's about the journey. I actually was thinking in terms of, like, what is a failure? Like, if it's a year from now and we haven't done at least this, is life going to suck, <laughs> right? Which isn't normally the way we frame things. It really is like, okay, what's our pie-in-the-sky thing? And I said, I would want at least one thing in production. And that's a specific project that we'll talk about. uh, And in production, just to clarify the verbiage here, when we talk about selling things that we need to be clear, clear because we've sold an option for, we've sold three total options now, but that's not the same as like something under production. And, and even under production is different from selling the rights. So basically you would sell an option in a lot of cases and then secondarily, you may or may not sell the rights on that option. They may exercise the option. That's a second event. And then the third event is what Sean was talking about, which is actually having something made. Something is going to be created. And then I suppose it could never show, but you would at least have made it. Right. So so the, the for that first 50% of the reason we were there is a project that we're already working on that looks – I mean, again, it's so hard with the – 
the whole thing, right? Like just guessing what's going to happen. And Hollywood is like everything. We, we should stop. Time. We should stop hedging our hemming and hawing because we have, we've been so guarded about like, it's like, we don't want to put hope out there in this particular way because we're, we don't want to be disappointed. And we know that there's a lot of bullshit on the West coast in this way, but I think we can back off of that a little bit now. Well, we, yeah, I think that's part of the three trip journey that we want to talk about because I, I do feel that way, but I'm going back to the night before we met with our potential managers and, and that conversation. And it, it really was like, okay, we put a lot into this. This is our third meeting. This is what we're going to do. Let's pretend it's a year from now. What do we actually want? And so uh, my answer was, I want the thing that we're working on now that we came here to work on, I want that to actually be something that happened. Being, and being then shot, want, like actually being filmed. Actually being filmed. And then I would like two other things that are not just sold, but we know they're going to happen. And so the next day when we're actually meeting the manager, um, that was the question that they they asked us. And Johnny is like, I mean, he didn't say this, but this is basically what he said. Motherfucker, you just said this last night. Just tell them what you right, said. Right, because they asked and, and Sean Hemden, well, I don't know. I don't know. And I said, we were just talking about it. But I didn't remember the details or I would have said it. And I think I started. I think I said it was something about two properties. So anyway. Yeah, so I said, so I said, um, I, I would like the, and, and they're aware of the, that third project, the one that we're working on now. So I said that project um, and then two others in, you know, not just sold, but are actually in movement. And then his exact quote was, well, I would, I would step my sights higher. And this isn't somebody who is like super over the top. It's not an agent. It's not, this wasn't Ari Gold <laughs> saying, I'm going to get you in the next James Cameron movie. Like, nor was it anybody, nor is it anybody who would benefit in any way unless something was sold. We aren't paying them a retainer. There's there's no upfront payment. It's the only way that it's worth their time to work with us. And I, I, again, I apologize for the, the vague way. We, we do obscure some stuff still, but that'll change once we get to April and beyond. I think that we'll be able to speak more freely. But um, let's just say that it is it is a, a, a managerial agency with some clout. Like it's, it's we know that they're the real deal and um, they aren't gonna benefit in any way by taking us on. And doing nothing with us, like it just, there's no benefit. It's just extra clust, cl uh, clutter for them. So then they said, yeah, I would set your sights higher. But this is a long story just to basically say things look really good. And um, we want to tell you about the journey. So do you do you want to begin? Did you like that story better or the story about how Dave Beyonce does? What was the better, longer story? Uh, the Dave beyonce us? I don't think yeah. there was a longer story. You were saying between <laughs> those two? Yeah, just between those two. Um, I don't know, but as a side note, I was thinking about the fact that when we get to, to April and beyond, we are probably just going to fold worst show ever into this show, meaning that it'll just be one podcast to rule them all. And I was wondering what that would feel like. And I've been listening back. I think back. is what it will feel like. It That's will. What is I think that it'll be like when you, when, if you listen to even an informative type of show, like where the, where you're learning something, but the people just bullshit at the beginning and you know, Hey, what happened with you last night? And they go off on some stupid thing. I think that's what it'll be. We'll just... Dave will complain about going to Target or his yeah, Olive Garden when thing. We used to have like something cool, and then we're like, "No, we have to be serious." So we like excise something cool. I, I well, I excise something cool because I could never come up with it. Well, you could do something annoying. You could do something whatever. I like. Which well, needs cool. to be fun conversation. Um, something fun. We could yeah. do that. Or what's up, um, Dave's butt? We could bring that back. 
we can and we should. I think I found the um I found the this the song. Like I found the What's Up Dave Dave's butt music. So oh, that's good. We should get some new ones from Fiverr. We should. We got to okay, get Jim so. to pull some excerpts too. That's a whole thing. <laughs> yes, that that is a must. Do you notice that diversion like, we just took though in the middle of a? Yeah, I like that, it. I that, like it. It's kind of cool. The, you, you know what though? The snippets, the promise of snippets is like the promise of new adult video. That's what it's like. It's mm. like I keep tease, but there's been no new snippets, no new episodes. Do you remember that time when Dave was gone and we just pretended he like left mid show, and then we just played <laughs> the snippets? Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Okay, so let's go. Let's go through each of these, um, each of these trips, and just well. So, what's big things. picture? Let's let, let's talk about before we went to the first one, right? Because this goes all the way back now, a year, like almost exactly a year. Yeah, it is almost. So, so background. Yeah, we got this. We got the original email from Derek, who was our partner at Twisted Stone. Like we set up a whole separate thing. Right. So, if you after, went to the summit, he was a speaker. You would have met. Yeah. Yeah, so um, he found Invasion, and he um, they have a special effects company, and basically had a lot of personal relationships, which is important to the story, actually. Um, a lot of personal relationships, not an agent, not a manager, um, somebody who uh, really identified with our books, liked our books, could see them visually, and could see how some of the people he had worked with in the past or had the relationships with might want to make this. Um, so the goal so, was, I I can't do anything right now personally, but I would like to connect you with people who I think could. And then eventually he wants to kind of grow into some of this once he learns more and is further down the pipe. Yeah. And, and so we thought, well, that sounds that sounds great. That sounds interesting. But we've got this summit thing going on. We'll, we'll contact you after it's over. So it is exactly a year um, afterwards. Sorry, uh, in the th- same week. We got a bunch of inquiries about Fat Vampire. Right. It was it was a nice week for it was a nice week for Sterling and Stone. So we we had um, uh, Derek came out to Austin. Um, we all liked each other. We decided to, um, to to start this adventure and see what it would be like. And then we went for our very first time down in November. And the goal was um, it was AFM, which we talked a little bit about American Film Market, that. right? Um, but you know, it's a little that, like an expo for IP creators and buyers, but it wasn't really our jam. And it ended up, even though that was the reason that we went down, it was like the bottom thing on the list of everything. Yeah. I don't did. think anything that sounds expo ish is our jam at all, no matter what it is. Right. Right. So, um, but we went and as Derek said, damn it, I'm going to get my money's worth out of these free drinks. <laughs> so Right, because it um, was a rather significant investment and we went to one cocktail hour. Yeah. And, and so, got kicked out of something that we may, may have been interested in. That was fun. We did get to steal a few mini muffins, though. Yeah. <laughs> that made it all worth it. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so that was the first trip in, um, in first week of November of last year. And the goal was really just to meet some of the people that, um, that, that Derek knows and that could maybe point us in the right direction. Really, it was just about starting to kind of sniff the ground a little bit. And we did extensive preparation before going to LA with all of these, um, they were like, uh, you know, they have the pop-up restaurants. These were like pop-up pitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all right, meet here and you're going to pitch this person. And so we would all like meet on Zoom. And sometimes it was, 
you know, a friend of a friend, or sometimes it was a producer, sometimes it was a writer, um, somebody who pitched a bunch, someone who made yes or no decisions, just so we could um, get practice. And so I think that's like a, a trip zero. And don't you think, Johnny, it's kind of worth taking just a couple moments to talk about what we learned pre-pitching? Because I think there was some stuff there. Yeah, I mean, you'll see this as a theme as we as we talk more about this. But the bottom line with the pitching, can I just skip right to the punchline of the pitching yeah, thing? Yeah. The, the bottom the the bottom line, and this is, um, I was actually putting together a thing for the summit, and I realized this was worthy of a, of a slide in one of our talks, was that it... Um, it, there is a lot of value in being yourself if who you are um, has something to s- say. Okay, I realize that's the clumsiest, clumsiest way to say that ever. But the point is um, that uh, you can, <laughs> is that is that I think that there's a lot. I think there are people who follow. Um, you go either way. There are people who just follow their gut, and but they don't really have anything to back it up. And I think that that's a mistake. Like you need to understand what you're doing. You need to understand, you need to have um, something good to sell. You need to, to, I don't know, you need to have a project that somebody might be interested in, obviously. But I think the other end, and this is where we kind of went, was um, logic, like this makes sense. This is understandable, but like over-preparation. Um, and that's sort of where we went was we we talked to a few people and one person would say, okay, this is what you need to know to pitch. Just have one idea, narrow it down, don't, you know, don't talk about the world, talk about the plot, like those sorts of things. And then we would talk to somebody else who told us literally the exact opposite. I'm not really interested in the plot as much as the world. Um, our best stuff came from just like bullshitting rather than like, let's get down to the pitch. And we went through that enough, including once we got to AFM and Derek went to some pitch competitions and stuff. And the bottom line was we kind of walked away and said, I think that we want to work with people who are natural um say informed and directed and focused vibe works for if that makes any sense as opposed to like a formal formal pitch which is i think how a lot of people go in well yeah the the formal formal pitch is just kind of not our vibe um we've had that when we had to be on stage before and you know like follow like a a templated keynote like that's hard that's not how we communicate um we're fast on our feet and we're honest and direct and it's kind of hard to do that with slides, <laughs> but, um, or with you know, a formal is, scripted pitch, which we tried to develop with a formal scripted pitch. Right. And, and that was the whole purpose of these preliminary meetings because people wanted us, um, or, or Derek wanted us to be really polished, really rehearsed, but like Johnny's not kidding about how exact opposite some of the messaging was. Um, one, one that still strikes me as kind of hilarious because of how fervently both sides said this, one was, no matter what, you're there to sell one thing. Don't, under any circumstances, deviate to another idea that you have um, because that just shows weakness <laughs> and you need to you know, stand with your idea, root yourself in the idea. And then like, the very next person we talk to you know, says, you never know where the conversation is going to go. If A lot of times it's just them getting to know you. So if that first idea doesn't fly, be ready with your next thing. Just go right into it. And a guy <laughs> right? at Austin are- Film Festival told us the exact same thing. He said, you need to have something else because they will always ask, what else are you working on or what's next? So those were in direct yeah. opposition. So it's like somebody saying, how do you write? How do you make up a character? Well, who are you as an artist? And I think that's one thing that, that we took away from that first trip is that there is an artistry to pitching. There's an artistry to communicating about your work and about who you are as an artist. 
And the better you can nail that artistry, the better you're going to perform when somebody is, you know, asking you about your work, not just because they're curious because they want to read a $5 book, but because maybe they want to, you know, give you $10 million to make a, an indie film. Where do you think the the line is on that? Because I think that this is a little bit like intelligent zigging when people zag, but intelligent has to be in there and, and earned. So, um, an analogous example I would make is that, uh, screenplays are supposed to have a very particular sort of format and, and vibe to them. But, um, as you pointed out, Shane Black's lethal weapon screenplay has lines like he drives up to a house that like, I'm going to have when I'm famous or something like that. It's this like real casual and it was his first script. So it's, it's the shit that you're not supposed to That's do really ballsy for a first script. Right. So the question is, where is that ballsiness of like, I'm going to do something that other people aren't doing because it's a pattern interrupt for the people who see the same shit all the time and want the pattern interrupt versus just like, dude, you got to follow some of the rules. Yeah, so we went to um, this first trip with, I'm not going to say a lot of anxiety. I don't think we had any anxiety. Uncertainty. Uncertainty. Um, You know, not even expectations, but excitement. It was a matter of, okay, what's going to happen, you know, when we're both there and kind of whatever happens with the journey happens and we're excited. And I tried to have like stoic face too, because you just, you hear stories about like, you know, the, the, and we've, we've seen this before, like people have tried to, you know, express interest in like the fat vampire option in the past. And what we heard was enthusiasm is free. Like they'll be enthusiastic all day long. It doesn't mean shit. Right. So I think we went in, I went in expecting that. I was like, there's going to be a lot of LA flim flam and Ari gold and, and we're just going to let it wash over us. And so, you know, it really was, um, more just waiting to see what happened more than anything. But our very first meeting went really well. Um, that's the person that in the third time, John, um, uh, that we went to go see. So that went really well. And then after that, we had like more of a formal pitch and it was not nearly as warm. It was not nearly as fun. And we walked away thinking, man, even if we like, even if that turned into something, that wouldn't be our first choice of people to work with because it felt like, um, like it was not our, it was not our vibe. It wasn't our vibe. Yeah. And I think it's worth pointing out that number one, those are polar opposites. Like I cannot think of a warmer meeting we had. Well, okay. That's not true. There is one that was close, but I still think that this was the warmest meeting we had followed by the coldest meeting we had. Like in three trips, these two were the most polar. And agreed. I would also say that um, the, the the cold one was the one that I think a lot of people would have been most excited about because it had the most traditional power behind it. Like, the, I, I don't want to tell you who it is, and I, I know I hate that. We're trying to knock that off. But the people we pitched that I, I'm calling a cold meeting, it was a name that if you know much about film and production, you would recognize. And certainly the projects he's done. So it would have been real easy to get excited. And I'm not talking this guy's assistant. I'm talking him himself. And so – it would have been real easy to be excited about that. And and we were going in, but after the 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 sort of the temperature was, oh well, I don't know that that went that well because he was polite but not engaging at all. And um it's okay if we don't do that deal because there was a sense of abundance like we'll do other deals. We have a lot going on. Yeah, exactly. Um okay, that's a really good takeaway from the first trip too, is that sense of abundance. If you're a story creator, if you're a storyteller 
you've got so many stories in you. Don't be afraid that that one is precious or that one meeting is precious or that one book that didn't do so well is precious or this one series that you're tired of writing and it's really successful and you don't know if you'll be able to do it again. Don't be precious about that either. Like you are a storyteller. You can go out and do it again. You can find the right people who believe in your stories and who will champion your stories. And I think that's the best thing about our relationship with Derek really is that he just believed in our work. He's like, I want to champion this. I want to find the people who are going to, you know, kind of celebrate you. Uh, okay. So wait, wait, sorry. I want to toss in one more thing. So when you say that you're a storyteller, I just want to add maybe two things that are very closely related to that. One is that a consistent theme that we heard is if, if you're a storyteller, you're probably like, okay, well, writing comes easy or it comes hard, but whatever, it's just what I do. Um, that's magic to everybody that we ran into. They're like, they, they, they consistently, like there's not enough good stories. We just have to find the good stories. Like, um, we had, and then this is the related thing where people said, they said this specifically to us, but I would think it would apply to some degree to just about any storyteller with some really good stuff is you have more power than you think. And I think that a lot of people go kind of hat in hand. And, and again, I do want to emphasize that we have like, you know, a hundred plus books already, and we got another hundred plus on the docket. So I think without being an asshole, I think we do have more power than a lot of people going in. But that said, even if you only have a handful of things and you're with the right people and you have something that they want, you do have, you have something that they can't create. Like it is, it is a little bit of lightning in a bottle to some degree, greater or lesser. And I think that that was a really good message because we go in expecting, oh, they have all that they need. You know, they don't really need my story. Well, no, if your story is awesome, if it hits the right buttons, then then they do need it. And they're actively looking for a lot of story right now. So what would you say was our biggest takeaway on the second? Do we want to set the stage and talk about how that how that trip was different? Um, I think that that was interesting. That was different because we we were so coming it was one month later. It was the first week of December rather than the first week of November. Right. And so we came to that with not just an experience under our belts from the previous time, but also a month's worth of digesting and expectation realigning. Um, one of the things that we did in that time was we met with, um, we met again with John, the guy that we met first that I said was very warm. And so there's always, when you go back, there's just like, no matter how warm somebody is, there's that first meeting thing and you can only, there's always a little bit of a wall. And so then that was gone by the second time. And with Derek too, like going and, and, you know, being with Derek, like that was also like, okay, we've done this before. So I would say a ratcheting up of, of confidence and sort of comfort where we were. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the second, the second meeting, um, or the second, the first one was because AFM was there. The second one was really just following up hey, look, the year's almost closing. Uh, or like meetings that couldn't get arranged the first time because of scheduling. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's that's what I mean by following up mm-hmm. too. Like it's the end of the year. If we're going to get this in before the end of the year, let's do it one more time. So we came out uh, and uh, this, is, this is, so my biggest takeaway, I'll just get straight to the point and then we can tell specific stories. But my biggest takeaway by far was how much of a relationship business it is how much the actual personal relationships matter. How small how, the world is. How small the world is and how it was worth playing a long game 
to really get in with the right relationships and the people that we want to work with. And it's not a matter of who can make you the biggest promises or the boldest promises. It's about who um, has the best vibe to work with. And we really got to see that um, that Derek came out. He, he came at it sideways because, uh, you know, he's not a manager. He's not an agent. He has relationships and he has well, a really good more, for people. He has friendships. Like, I think that's yeah. really, we heard right. a bunch of times, Derek is not Hollywood. Now, Derek lives in, well, he doesn't live in Hollywood, but he works in Hollywood and he's right near Hollywood. So in that sense, yes, of course he's Hollywood. He's in the business. He's working on, Twisted Media is working on some some very big shows right now. Um, it's kind of amazingly impressive. But um, he's not Hollywood. Like, he doesn't have that Hollywood flair and, like, blowing, you know, that that sort of, how would you describe that? Like, shallowness that you have as the cliche? There's nothing sh- the schmarmy or surface about him. Like, he's 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 a, just a really good human. I'm not saying that other people in Hollywood aren't good humans, but I'm just saying that there is. That a, was the dominant thing. With it's a superficiality friendships. that I think people need to survive almost in that environment. And he survives on the quality of his work and like who he is as a human. And um, the people that he's introduced us to are like, they're just good humans. And, and I think that's, that they just so don't powerful. seem LA. Yeah. And that was so powerfully evident. Um, one of the people that we, we had a very early, like a, like a, it wasn't even breakfast. It was just coffee. It was really early. It was like an hour and a half coffee. Um, and that guy was just like the coolest, nicest. Most, he did not have to be nearly as cool, humble, or laid back as he was. Because he works very closely with a name that you would know even more than the other guy that I mentioned. Like a really big guy. And he, yeah, he, so he, he would have had, it would have been almost understandable if he'd have been kind of blowing everything off. Yeah, and nothing, these weren't, these weren't, um, conversations that went somewhere specific, like, oh, hey, um, you know, now, congratulations, now the beam is on HBO. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like that at all. But it was, these were people who were giving us their very, very valuable time and insight. <laughs> like they were sharing with us. And we can uniquely appreciate that. There's like, we have, we have a lot of valuable insight when it comes to the publishing industry, for example. And when we sit with somebody, we do give them our all. We're very generous with what we know. And it was really nice to be on the other side of that and be the recipient of some really quality, friendly advice um, that, you know, I think will will help us and will shape us. Uh, so then our final, um, our final stop on that second trip was, you know, again, it's, it's about the quality of people and the relationships because that was... That was second degree. Of, that was actually a friend yeah. of a friend. Right. That was management um, that was introduced by one of the people that Derek introduced us to. By John, to and, keep our name so, straight. So that was just kind of kind really of his name, by the way. His name's really John. <laughs> uh, it just sounds so fake. Uh, so, uh, yeah, John introduced us to to these potential managers and uh, and we couldn't have this was not this is an easy gig to get. Like, you don't just walk in and say, I'd like an appointment. Like, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's don't call us, we'll call you. But we had somebody who was a friend. And uh, well, and know, that was proactive. We didn't ask, do you know managers? No, we, we did it. That's right. We didn't ask. That was based on the strength of our first meeting. And then when we knew we were coming back to to touch base with John while we were there in December, 
he he set that up. He made sure that um, hey, they I'm going to get you guys a half hour, and we actually ended up talking to them for over an hour, which is kind of you know impressive all by itself. Um, and yeah, it was it was the relationship. It was we could never have secured that for ourselves, nor could Derek have. But because Derek introduced us to John and. Yeah, Derek has a lot of cred with John and John has a lot of cred with with these guys. I think that um, I want to just elaborate a little bit because it it is – we did get good advice. That's very true. We did meet people and nothing necessarily came of a lot of those appointments. That's also very true. They were worthwhile regardless. Also very true. But it's also this this additional – let me see if I can describe this. So – just being out there and being seen and being known to be cool. So here's what I mean by that. Um, we, I mentioned that the guy who we had, I feel like I'm, it's, I'm sorry that I'm shitting on this a little bit. Uh, he was a very nice guy, but he was kind of professional and, and a little cold, honestly, because he sees so much stuff, but it's the second appointment I was telling, we were telling you guys about. And, um, we, uh, they were, see, I have to make up names. So the, that's the XYZ group I'm making that up. So we went to see the XYZ group. And then um, later we were on the phone and Derek let us know that somebody was interested in one of our properties and we were talking to him and they were telling us about themselves and they said, well, so for instance, with this, if, if we acquire this property, we have some people we work with, including this, this, and the XYZ group. And, and we're like, oh, well, we were just in to see them. And um, I had just a, men- a minute of mental readjustment, like, okay, I'm not sure why we would work with somebody who could get us to the XYZ group when we already had a meeting with them. But um, kind of the game is people, it's such a small town, even though it's a big town because um, they'll, they'll talk like, Oh, well we, you know, they bring something, they bring this, they bring our property to, to the XYZ group. And um, they say, wait a minute, I recognize these names. Weren't these guys in here? And then, somebody else was doing something with them. They just sold an option for something that went to Netflix. So there's this, there's this sense of kind of building your own buzz that happens when you're in a bunch of places and, um, and people like you and what you have. So am I describing that satisfactorily? It's a little bit like we were making little footprints so that people would remember us. Yeah. They're breadcrumbs. Like every, I, I would say that, um, that every one of our meetings so far, we made ourselves worth knowing we've been interesting. We've been honest. We've been, um, uh, um, not real practiced, but just real, like real. Yeah. And, and I think that, that, you know, the right relationships are naturally forming, but I think that at the very least people are interested in what we're doing when we leave. And Sean and I also tend to go off script a lot, even when we're on script. So, um, (laughs) we, we, there, there are a few stories. Um, there's a guy in, um, one of the mastermind groups who just has a really funny set of sports stories. And we've, we've told those stories to, I don't know, 10 different people who didn't ask to hear those stories. It just comes up in conversation and like, Oh, and then there's this guy and we tell these stories. And I think I what that, what story are you talking about? Sport, Jesse. Oh, oh, okay. Right. Okay. So this the sports stories. He's involved with the sports team and they have many, many funny, funny yeah. stories. So they're just amusing. We're like, cause and we tell them just because like funny stories make people laugh, or at least the right people that we that we jibe with. And so 
um, we, we tend to do things like tell those stories. We tell another story that has nothing to do with what we're meeting with. And for the people- I know what story you're talking about now. <laughs> for the people that we're talking to, the people, for the, I'm sorry, for the people that are right for us, for us to work with, they enjoy that we have banter and that we aren't like, okay, hold on, let's get right back on topic and tell you about the protagonist of our story and the arc and how he grows. Like you want that, but, but being personable seems to matter a whole lot. We also tell a lot of Dave stories. Dave is with us in spirit wherever we go because he won't travel to LA with us for any of this pitch stuff. Um, but we just, we yeah, these sure managers are going to be like, okay, we'll, we'll bring you on. We'll work with you, but only if we can also get Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they've never we're made, met. We're building his mystique. It's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what's your big takeaway on the third? Because the third to me felt like closure. It felt like the end of chapter one and now we'll see what's next. Yeah. The third trip felt like, um, it felt like a few things to me. It, it felt like home in a weird way. Like it was very, very comfortable. Um, because we spent two days working with John. We're, we're basically all writing a movie together so that, that he'll direct. And, um, so that was like breaking a story that we are reasonably confident will see production. I don't know how much distribution it'll see. Like we all said, we just want it to be good. Like if it, if it gets made and then locked in a vault, nobody sees it, that'll be disappointing, but it, it, at least it needs to be good. And so breaking a story with that in mind, a really cool story for two days with like in his office where he didn't even, he had just moved in. So like the whiteboards were stacked up on cardboard boxes and we just were like, you know, eating at a table where there's just, you know, construction detritus around us. That was just this really uh, fun, comfortable experience. And and then Sean and I had a, a room that we, wasn't a very good room, but it was a room and we just went back and hung out. And it was, the pace was different. And we only had the appointments with John, which were just these main day things. And then the appointments with the managers the next day. And I think that it was a feeling of, of um, this is where we're supposed to be to me and uh, foretelling of the future. Like it felt like this is where we're going to, we're going to be doing more and more stuff like this. And it, that's why I loved it. Yeah. It felt like closure to me. It felt like um, this is what we've been waiting for. It felt like a really nice kickoff to, um, to, to the year. It was the first, we knew we needed an early um, 2019 trip and we wanted to get it in before the summit. And uh, the first week of February was the first week that John was done with his, um, basically all of his prior crap and could start focusing on the movie project that we're doing. So it just seemed like the timing was great for all of us. And we wanted to make sure that we could get that second meeting in with our potential managers. And I guess the, um, you know what, I I guess that the third trip really was just kind of like proof of concept. Hey, this is what we've been working towards. This is what we've been talking about. When we went in the first time, we said, okay, eventually we'll be coming just, uh, okay, here's something that I really like. Uh, Johnny and I have a tendency to start dreaming about something, talking about something, and then actualizing it eventually. So during our very first trip, you know, we're staying with Derek. Um, we're being driven around everywhere. Um, we don't have a lot of autonomy, which is all really oh, awesome. I think I know what you're going to say. You know, not that we had a lot of autonomy or anything, um, but just that, like, that we had this opportunity. It was really great. But from that very trip, we were saying, okay, a few more trips from now, it won't be like this. We'll fly into Long Beach instead of LAX, which is 
like my hometown and like just it's the best airport to fly in and out of it's so low-key um and it's not that much farther like to get up to la like it's 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 a little bit more but just not a big deal um and uh and you know we could stay down there now we didn't stay down there actually um, next time but, but yeah we still flew into long beach and flew out of long beach and it was just really relaxed we had our own car and we were kind of on our own schedule and and, and the meeting with our managers went really really well and are you really not gonna but, go with what the beginning of this trip that I think is really important. And I'm not even shitting you. Like, I think it just become part of the ritual. Are you talking about dinner? Yeah. Oh, oh. so we had dinner with my family again, which is the second time in a place that, that I know about, like I've heard about, I've, I've heard about, um, I've heard about Sean's friend Mo and his restaurant where Sean proposed to Cindy. That is correct. Isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. It is. It is our restaurant. If my family has a restaurant, we have two restaurants. This is one of them, but it's mine and Cindy's restaurant for sure. For sure. For sure. It is where we always went when we were courting and it's where I proposed to her. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful restaurant and one of my best friends in the world owns it. And, uh, it's not, let's, the food is delicious, but it's not my favorite restaurant for the food. It's my favorite restaurant for like countless memories. So I think that that went a long way to um, making it feel like something. It, it made us feel more like um, home than being visitors. I mean, even for me, because I'm not from Long Beach, but there was this, I mean, I used that word before. And I think that next time, I think we're really going to dial it in. Because I think next time, I mean, we flew in on Monday and out on Friday, which was real nice because in the past, we've always didn't done these things over weekends. And in my mind, what that says is, that you're doing this on your free time because it's not really work. You're doing it on a weekend. So doing it during the week, I still got the weekends with my family. And, um, it was just like, uh, like it was just this chill week. And then we, we, but I think next time we'll fly into long beach and stay in long beach. We'll get an Airbnb there or something. And then we'll just go up to LA for the day. And that'll be so much more comfortable. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be awesome. And I, I, that is a good point. I did really like having, that there was sort of a bookend to it and it was our choice. Like we got to decide, um, Hey, this is when we fly in. This is when we fly out where you can't really do that. If you're, if you're staying with somebody else, like it's, it's reasonable to let them have at least a large, um, say in when you're staying, when you're leaving and all of that. So, and Derek um, was the best of hosts, but there's something, even the best of hosts, it's different from being on your own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so the the, um, the, la the thing that I would say, and maybe this is a good capper, is um, I don't know if this is true of you, but what I found was a growing level of, of, of confidence and surety through these. So the first trip was very much like, I think we might have some stuff that people might be interested in, maybe. The second trip was, oh, okay, some people are interested in some stuff and I feel like we really have something interesting to offer. And this one was, okay, I know who we are. Now, again, I, I so don't want to be like cocky about any of that. It, that's not what the intention is. But, but we do have an impressive catalog, and I think that I finally realized it. I think I kind of went, okay, through their eyes, as these people who actually are decision makers and have something that we want, we're, we're worth working with. And it was one of those things where like you don't go in hat in hand when you're, when you're worth working with. 
when you're worth working with. Wow, that's a really terrible sentence. But you don't. You don't go in hat in hand. You go in like, let's form a partnership. And that was some of our, the language we were trying to use with with the managers as well is, um, I mean, technically you'll represent us, but it's really more like, can we be partners? Can we mutually benefit each other? So, yeah, I, I have nothing to add to that. I mean, it, it was it was... I think we're doing everything that we're supposed to um, and to bring it home for anybody listening. uh, I I think it's just a matter of kind of setting your intentions out and doing it and not expecting anything that first time, because think about that. If we had expected something to happen other than let's form some relationships that first time, we would have been disappointed, but instead we've, we've been excited to get what we wanted each time, which was just the experience. And if you look at the three times that we've gone it really fits exactly what we're saying about accomplishing any project or any draft. You know, you, you, the first draft is say it, right? And then the second one is say what you mean. And then the third one is say it well. And I think that's exactly what we did in these three trips. Um, you know, we just got out there and we didn't let ourselves get in our way. And we just figured, it, God, too much prepping on this pitching. We just actually have to pitch. And then, you know, once we kind of knew what we were doing, we went back and we did it with a little more finesse. We knew what we were saying. And I think by the third time, we were just confident. I think, like, it was funny how short our meeting actually was with the management people the second time. The first one, it was supposed to be a half hour, and it went over an hour. And they had to say, like, I'm sorry, we really got to go. We're late for another thing, which was kind of cool. Like, we felt good that we had captured their attention for that long. But this time, it was like a foregone conclusion. We sat down got right to business and they were like, okay, well, here's your homework boys. And we went back and did our homework and delivered it in exactly one week. And, and we know, were told multiple work. times that these folks would not have invited us back to be nice, you know? Right. So like the, it was only because there was something that they, that they saw. Um, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll update more as we, as we go on this. And, and again, as we get further into these things and a little less, um, in the, the say say the the baggage of a smarter artist or like the you know where we've been, we can talk a little more freely. So it'll be a little bit less um, cloak and dagger. But I, I think we we weren't too you know nothing was too obscured that time. So that's nice. You remember the movie Cloak and Dagger? How I do. awesome it was. I do. I remember being awesome, but I heard it didn't hold up well. That's what I heard. <laughs> it, it does not hold up. All right, well. I won't watch it again. <laughs> All right, so uh, stay tuned for another Dave-free episode because we'll uh, we're, we're going to record two in a row. So we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Adios.